I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart Hello everyone, welcome to a very special mini-series of Uncanny Tracks where we cover the final season of Star Trek Picard I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. How the hell are you doing tonight, Matt? Doing great, Bob. Uh, you say the final season of Picard, but I don't know. I feel like they're going to go on to another series with some of these characters. Yeah, but it'll be the final season of Picard, you know? Not Picard Jr.? Uh, I mean, will they just call it Star Trek JC? Picard and Friends. Picard and Friends. I don't know, man. Like, I Patrick Stewart's doing fine, but... Do, do you ever notice how, like, old his voice sometimes sounds? Oh, yeah. Season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of scary, but it's okay. Yeah, I, I don't want my space dad to die. That would be sad. He'll live till 100. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully enough people in the global elite like Star Trek, or like uh, Patrick Stewart, that they're giving him, you know, whatever magic thing that keeps, like, Bill Clinton alive. Yeah, and uh, also... Uh, you and know, Donald Trump, for that matter. Ian McClellan. Yeah, yeah. Who I isn't he even older than Patrick Stewart? I believe so. No, that's uh, I want those two to live forever. Uh, Patrick Stewart and McClellan, not the not the presidents. I just <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> All right. It's kind of morbid, Bob, because you're talking about this. SGB Carter is laying in hospice. So. <laughs> well, like I, you know, Jimmy Carter had a great post presidency. Like he did a lot of good, but. That man did a lot of bad in the four <laughs> years he was president. Like, not necessarily exactly for the reasons conservatives think, but he, he did a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> like, Who Was it Lewis Black that said Georgia should be banned from being able to, like, push a candidate for presidency after Jimmy I think Carter? it was Arkansas because of Clinton. Specifically, okay. like, you know, back when we were kids, was really angry about, like, you know, depends on what the definition of is is. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, so, Bob, on to Picard. So it's uh, Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 2, Disengage, which originally aired just two days ago on the 23rd of February, 2023. Um, Matt, you want to walk us through that old A-plot for Disengage, which, did you like the pun? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting. In the A-plot, Bob, we have Picard, Riker, and Seven roping poor, beleaguered Captain Shaw into a standoff with a mysterious pirate, Captain Vatic, and her overarmed vessel, the Shrike. And Matt, let me just say that you pronounce beleaguered like a motherfucker. Good job. No problem, Bob. And is it Shrike or Shriek? I think Shrike is more correct. Shrike? Okay. Just making yeah. sure. Because, yeah, with, with Shriek, I think you would you would switch to the K and the E. So in the B-plot, uh, Musiker, against her Starfleet intelligence contacts orders, goes full truther on the Red Lady bombing. And that includes injecting a drug straight into her eye, which was pretty cool. Well, Bob, we opened with the uh, a, f a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you gotta love a, a couple of weeks flashback. I don't know. There's something about that just feels really anticlimactic. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> threw me off from the get go. I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> did you Did you think it was kind of weird that it was just a Jack Crusher flashback that there was no Bev in it? Yeah, I I couldn't get the context of the situation very well because it seems like they would be working together because like. Jack yeah. is doing a combination of like medical aid delivery and arm smuggling. Right. But, and you know, he's running into Seven's old crew, the Fenris Rangers, which 
who and what the Fenris Rangers are still total, total mystery to me. Don't worry. Paramount plus 2025 guarantee you'll yeah. have a show. Oh, great. Star Trek colon Fenris Rangers. Star Trek Fenris Rangers. Kind of like the Mandalorian. <laughs> kind of like the Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't really want that show. I just want a little clarity about what, what the hell they're supposed to be. Because right. they sometimes they seem like the Maquis. Sometimes they seem like they're an organ of a government. Sometimes they seem like they're good guys. Sometimes they seem like they're super corrupt. You know, just, just a little yeah. clarity. I even get like mercenary vibes from them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. It was kind of funny. Last week you were saying it was kind of stupid, you know, and we'll get to this, that like Riker and Picard didn't hire a transport. They had to waylay the Titan, which was, as you said, was very Star Trek to yeah. not be too Star Wars. But I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that feels very Star Wars. Yeah, there were a couple of things. We'll point a couple out as we go along. Yeah, but let me just yeah. throw up a saying, Bob. Did Beverly become wild, or does she just not know about these arms and drugs and things that are being smuggled aboard the Hera ship? It seems to me that there's two possibilities for why Beverly's not in the flashback. One is, just, or maybe they're, maybe both are true simultaneously. One is just that they uh, they didn't want to use her for that day of shooting, and. <laughs> Two is that they wanted to create some doubt in our mind about like how connected Jack actually was to Beverly, like if he was just a con artist pretending to be her son, blah blah right. blah. And so yeah, but because until the end of this episode, spoilers, we never see them in the frame together. Yeah, but that said, it does seem like based on the end of the episode that she was involved in this flashback. They were just holding her back for budget and mystery purposes. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it sounds like she kind of broke bad doesn't seem to be the right word, but maybe broke wild, like right after yeah. she uh, she got knocked up and ditched her uh, Enterprise D friends. Yeah, Bob, this is what happens when you raise a child outside of a nuclear family. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's the, the very important message of Star Trek, Matt. Maybe the most important. Thank you, Star Trek. And little bitty Easter egg, Bob. Uh-huh. The name of the medical vessel, it's, it's a Mariposa medical vessel. What was the name of the yeah. clinic last season? What was it? Oh, Mariposa. Was it? Mariposa Medical Center, Bob. Uh, isn't that just like a town in California or something? Yeah, it is, Bob. Uh, but think about that. Why in the hell would they choose that as their uh, name of their ship? Little callback, season two. See, season two did happen, Bob. <laughs> they even get in a reference later to Picard having a synth body. You know, season one happened, too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Also, the name of the shuttle that Riker and Picard eventually take is also called the Savick. Yeah. I didn't catch that at all, but that's cool. Yeah. Did a little research, Bob. Found out that Savick was actually the captain of the Titan at some point. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't. Is that like a paracannon thing or is that a cannon thing? Uh, apparently, it's through like Paramount's uh, tie-in logs that go along with this. <laughs> okay. okay. A lot of weird like shit you got to read. They're just trying to shove as much as they can into here. As yeah, much Star Trek yeah. 2 as they can. Yeah, yeah. And so for people who don't remember, Savick is a, a major character in uh, a lot of the original series movies, especially, like Matt said, Wrath of Khan, Star Trek 2, the one they're desperately trying to evoke in the season of Picard. And played by the recently deceased uh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, what two other people, too, right? Yes, I can't remember who they are, sadly, but I know she was in uh, 3 and 4. Whoever, whoever replaced Kirstie Alley was in the three and four. Yeah, although she was only in four for like a minute, um, right, which was yeah. sad, because yeah. I really liked Savick as a character. And then 
they didn't have Savick in Star Trek VI, but they had a very Savick-like character in Star Trek VI. Yeah, which confused me as a child because I really was like, why don't they just have Savick there? But she was played by uh, Sex and the City Lady, Kim Cattrall, yeah. Yeah, and I I mean, I think maybe because they didn't want Savick to break bad, although since they never used her again, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's probably the idea. And I think Savick was probably supposed to play a larger role, but Kirstie Alley got real famous and went on to do Cheers, and that was the end of that. In the novels, like, sometime in the later 23rd or early 24th century, like, Savick and Spock get married. Robin Curtis played her in Star Trek 3 and 4. Um, there were also there were three Titan models in, the, in Shaw's briefing room, which means there were been uh-huh. three different Titan ships, because we discussed that last episode. So three including the Titan A or three before the Titan A? I think three before is what I was getting from it, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I think all we know, like, all we know officially, I'm sure there is a third one, but I'm just saying all we, I think all we know officially is that there was the Titan from Lower Decks that Riker commanded before he commanded the the Titan A. And then I think we know that there was one other, like, canonically, which, you know, again, does, obviously there could definitely could have been a third one. Uh, but you know what this means, Bob? The Enterprise F, when we finally get to see this ship, may have a shuttle called the Picard. It's going to oh, be awesome. And the and the April, and the Archer, and the Pike, and the Kirk, and uh, who else? The Decker, and the Harriman, and uh, the Red <laughs> Lady. They'll just call it the Red Lady. I just want to go back to DS9 where they named them after Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Or like... Because traditionally they were on the Enterprise in the original series, and maybe in the Enterprise D, I think they were just the after scientist. Yes, you're right. They were named after scientists on the Enterprise. I don't know who comes up with this. Like, who decides, like, okay, we'll name this set of shuttles after... Uh, do they have, like, a vote on the ship? <laughs> or a contest? Yeah, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get a vote in the name of the uh, ship, but you get one on the name of the shuttles. Maybe, like, a kid's contest, you know... Who can come up with those creative names for this, uh, this set of shuttles? Okay, can I uh, can I read you a blurb about the Titan from Memory Alpha? Sure. According to your favorite, uh, that I added that part, Star Trek Picard Logs, the Titan <laughs> was a Shangri-La class starship commissioned in 2290. So I think that's like right before Generations. Yes. With the registry NC-1777. It was launched under the command of Captain Savick. It was made the Federation flagship based on Captain Hikaru Sulu's recommendation. It engaged in multiple encounters with the Klingon Empire, which that seems wrong because I think they would... Weren't they already at peace at that point? Post-Undiscovered Country, right? Or Actually, no. Okay, it makes sense because actually the Undiscovered Country, I guess, is 2293. That's when the Kittimer Accords are signed. Yeah. And so I guess it was in those three... Their, their multiple actions were before the Kittimer Accords. Gotcha. Oh, you got anything else about the Titan, Bob, you want to share with us? No, no, nothing. No, 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 there's there's more, but nothing interesting. Nothing else fascinating about this this ship we never see? All right. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we, apparently, we saw a picture of it in Lower Decks, apparently. Uh, the next thing I was going to bring up, so, I don't know, Jack Crusher has this English accent with, like, occasional French phrases, and I don't know, that feels like it should annoy me, but, uh, it, you know, it actually works. Like, I don't, I don't hate Jack Crusher so far. Like, I'm... He's not my favorite character, and I don't want to see Star Trek colon JC, but, you know, the accents, it's not as, and the occasional French, it's not as bad as it might be. Yeah, I felt the same way listening to the accent. I'm like, why does he have a British accent? But then I thought, you know, Patrick Stewart is English. He's an English actor, and he's playing a French man. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. 
Yeah. Well, and to be clear, it's like it doesn't his it's not like he occasionally breaks into a French accent. It's just like he uses occasional French phrases in a way an English person would because, you know, they're so close to France. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it sort of makes sense. But it also sort of doesn't like is the English accent genetic? Maybe it's a little meta, Bob. A little meta. Uh, They're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bob, how old do you think Jack is? Because last episode I was thinking he was supposed to be in like his early 20s. But he's done a lot of shit in that time span. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if he actually is Picard's son, and if Bev didn't do some hardcore lying while she was continuing to work with Picard, I think he would need to be like in his early twenties, wouldn't he? Twenty-two or twenty-three, I think. If you, if the math, if I've done the math correctly. Yeah. But, uh, but what this really tells me though is that Beverly really does produce prodigies. She's had Wesley, now she has Jack. They're both very smart, doing all kinds of you know, all kinds of shit that most. 20-year-olds would have no clue about. Look, I'm just going to say this. If Wesley Crusher was so smart, he would have finished Starfleet Academy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he didn't need college, Bob. <laughs> he came from the school of hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you think that college dropout's a genius, son? <laughs> <laughs> college is the only uh, way to measure intelligence, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly, clearly. Um, so I, I, do, I did want to just say... Uh, I, you know, voice a little frustration that I was very pleased with how quickly we solved the Red Woman mystery uh, last week. Thank you, uh, Musiker, and uh, your mysterious chatbot contact. I'm, I'm glad we did that. But now we have uh, the Marked Woman mystery, the Fenris Ranger mentioned to Jack. So do you suppose that that is Captain Vatic, or do you think that's a, a you know, something else? I don't know. They got to quit pulling up these things like this. I can't go with Red Woman, Marsh Woman, same series. They need to do one thing. <laughs> it, it hurts my it hurts my tiny brain. Yeah, I just like how it's like you always got to keep one word from the prior Red Herring. So it was yeah. like Red Angel to Red Lady to Marked Lady. So you know, presumably the next thing will be Black Mark, right? Marky Mark. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God! It's the fact that the fact that Mark Wahlberg beat an old Pakistani man's uh, gentleman and made him lose an eye—that's going to become a key <laughs> plot point for Star Trek: Picard season three. Well, Charlie just changed it to marked man. Like marked it wasn't man. a woman; it was a man. Whoa. Whoa! And then they'll go back to Red Man, which will be like slightly racist. Well, so to finally leave the flashback, which we, I guess we spent more time than I initially expected, but that's fine. Uh, you know, it was two weeks ago, and two weeks ago is very important. There's a lot of information to cover in that two week span, Bob. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I do want to say that, uh, you know, in general, Captain Shaw is uh, really, really growing on me. And uh, I kind of love in this episode his kind of constant line that, like, look, there's 500 people on this ship. They're more important than four. Yeah, that's, that's something hard to uh, hard to grasp. Even in, like, you know, real life, there's just so many damn people out there, Bob. And these four people... They're not that important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's that's one of the frustrating things that n- not just like some Star Trek does this, but like a lot of adventure novels just kind of necessarily have to be like, oh, here are these few people who are going to endanger the many for their objectives. And you just it's always just like, but bro, like that's not really like rationally justifiable. Yeah, I guess it's hard to follow a bajillion characters, but you know, yeah. That's the only reason. That's why it's like this. But I, I kind of I, I agree, Bob. That I do kind of like Shaw at this point. The only thing that still drives me nuts is like his hatred for like the Borg. 
because yeah, he has to see them as yeah. the victims. And we had a good discussion about this last week. And I'm hoping we find like if we can figure out a reason for why he doesn't like them. Maybe there's something personal. Perhaps I can yeah. you know see past that. Yeah, the the, the anti Borg prejudice or the anti ex Borg prejudice isn't great. Although it's not really emphasized in this episode. It just oh, no. seems like in the in this episode it just seems like he dislikes Seven because you know she's been helping out Riker and Picard. Yeah, because she's right? she's like completely just you know not listening to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's malfunctioning. <laughs> he's, blaming so, it, he's blaming it on them Borg parts. <laughs> yeah, just playing Borg pranks with my friends, baby. To, to switch to the B-plot for a minute, so, you know, we had the Red Lady bombing or the Red Woman bombing last week, and it's now being blamed on a rogue Romulan faction. And, uh, you know, we you know last week I think we were talking about Musiker kind of doing some aggro-googling with her uh, computer and her Starfleet, con- or Starfleet intelligence contact. This week it seems like, uh, you know, she's, like, engaging with a very uh, malfunctioning chat bot. That was the vibe I got from a lot of it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Bob. Like I knew that was Worf that she was basically texting. <laughs> so I, I just yeah. So you said everybody knew. I, I mean, I didn't consider it deeply, it's but I didn't gonna, know it. Who the hell do you think it was going to be? I mean, it's like yeah, Jordy <laughs> or Gordy. I said it again, Gordy. Gordy <laughs> could have been the ghost of Data. No <laughs> bullshit, you, bullshit. They're not going to do that. Yeah. That's no, I guess I guess thinking about it like. Probably Worf was more likely, although I'm still probably they won't because the next generation characters are enough to handle already. But I was kind of wondering if it, there was some possibility of it being like a surprise from the the DS9 or the Voyager cast, you know? Yeah, Benjamin like, Sisko. This is what we brought I, I would, him back for. <laughs> yeah, honestly, probably they wouldn't do it. And, but pro- it would almost make more sense for it to be Bashir that like he finally went Section 31, you know? I got Bashir vibes just from the whole medical smuggling thing. That that to me, like I feel like he could have fit. Oh, that really feels well like that. something Bashir would do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if we find out that like yeah, Bev and Jack's co-conspirators are like Bashir and the Doctor from Voyager, or the reason that Jack Crusher and uh, is so smart is because he's had the same kind of uh, implants that uh, Bashir had. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what's yeah. an implants with Bashir? What, was genetic you know, modification. Gen- sorry, yeah, genetic yeah, modification. Yeah, you know yeah. what I meant. Genetic modification, yeah, yeah. No, implants, no. whatever. Look, Matt, if I, if I don't correct you, the listeners will, Matt. But they're not going <laughs> to... All ten of them? Yes, go right ahead. Hey, there, there, there are thousands and thousands. What are you talking about? <laughs> they're always blowing up our Twitter with all these fucking things about how we're saying things wrong. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, no, that's only, our, that's only our Patreon where there's, the, where there's tens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Matt, I just wanted to point this out. Musiker and I just have questions about 9-11, okay? That's all. We just have questions. <laughs> are, are questions wrong? I don't think... Can a question be wrong? I don't think a question can be wrong. I don't know, Bob. You're going off on a, a scary tangent here. I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> Another scary thing, at least uh, from your perspective, is uh, we, we finally see uh, Crash LaForge, and by finally, I just mean in her second appearance, live up to her name by crashing into a tractor beam. Were you worried that she was going to miss the nebula at the end? Because I kind of was. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. I, I feel like she's very good at hitting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like whether it's nebula tractor beams the ground i feel like she's got it covered and man we do get a lot of great captain shaw dialogue uh this episode uh, a few of my favorites uh we're basically a hotel now 
uh, you boys are in so much trouble talking to Picard and right. Peele. Also, just hilarious to call them boys. We are essentially cornered in space, which has no corners, and the brig. That's what's happening. Yeah, th- this guy is like, I- I'm okay with this guy at this point. But it, I want to make a joke and say that Shaw, to me, it's like meeting a, a new person and really enjoying their company for a while, but then they take off their coat and you see like a swastika tattoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then I realized it's kind of the other way around. We were introduced to not like him at the beginning, but now we're liking him. And it's like, I just can't get past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you think the guy has a swastika tattoo, but actually like Nazis like held him down and forced him to get it. And he just hasn't gotten the money together to get it removed yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guy's got some great one-liners too, so just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. it's weird because I felt like they were – I, I'm kind of, unsure, I mean, I'm not complaining, but I'm just kind of unsure what they're trying to go for. Like, are they trying to just make him like the worst, which was the vibe I got from the first episode? Or are we actually supposed to enjoy how much like he dislikes Riker, Picard, and Seven? I don't know. Uh, pick, pick one or the other. He's got to be somewhat consistent with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we so, root for Picard or do we root for Shaw? Yeah, because right now I, I got to tell you, man, I'm rooting for Shaw. I am too. Picard's being kind of like a, he just being a jackass yeah i mean it is i think i'm not gonna rewatch season one and two to verify but it's like man picard's action in these seasons senility would explain a lot that's all i'm saying yeah he needs to just stay at home and die yeah yeah i mean certainly that's (laughs) assuming i get to that age which is an unlikely assumption but assuming i get to that age it's what i'm gonna do that's what everybody wants him to do i think at this point you know within the within the universe he just keeps coming out starting shit Except for Beverly Crusher and her son Jack, Matt. Matt, we have a some a character. I actually forget which one. Is it is it music or is it somebody else? Get offered marrow tea. Would you drink that? Uh, one of my co- coworkers, Bob, drinks something called bone broth. Okay, which is basically extracted from bone marrow. So do they just straight up drink it? I thought you just used it to cook it, but do they straight up drink uh, no, it? No, she no. This this woman drinks it, and Whoa. I tried it once. And it's very, it's like unusually creamy. Like not what you would expect. It's, it is disgusting. It is disgusting. Yes. But it's, it, huh. I feel like if you're drinking bone marrow, that's like, it's like you're one step away from becoming like a predator alien in a horror movie that like drinks spinal fluid. Since I know this coworker will never listen to this podcast, Bob, that explains a lot of things. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. To to move from the horrifying to just the merely sad. So you know, Misaker needs uh, a contact with a Ferengi broker stroke gangster. You know, she thinks that this will help her blow the truth on nine eleven. I mean, the Red Lady bombing. And so she goes to her ex husband, and he gave her a, a Sophie's Choice mat, and it, it kind of made me sad. Did it did did it make you sad? You know, and of all the bars and all the known galaxy, Bob. She just happens to walk into this, into his bar. Poor Rafi. Yeah. She's the only strand still hanging on from the previous seasons. Well, her and Seven both. No, no. I mean, the only character introduced okay, in the card. The only original. Retracted. Retracted. Yeah, Seven was on Voyager for a couple of seasons, Bob. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. No, I... I, I, I what? Wait, they got rid of Kess? What? Going back to the decision-making, yeah, that, that wasn't very fair. On, I mean, come on. You got a job to do. You got family. Why is Rafi trying to find the truth about 9-11 such a problem for her ex-husband and her son? I mean, yeah. I don't get it. We got to know. So, yeah, but it, she, she gets to Sophie's choice. Uh, she makes what Jay considers the wrong choice. It's sad. 
What did you think of our new character here, our Captain Vatic? Well, I like the character. I know that we talked about it last week that this is Amanda Plummer, the, the actress. Yeah. yeah, most famous for robbing the diner in Pulp Fiction with Tim Roth. Correct. But as I was watching, I completely forgot what I was supposed to know her from. And then I remember Pulp Fiction was like, when did it come out? 94? Yeah, so we're talking like, <laughs> I don't know why in my brain I thought I would immediately recognize her. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy the character, but I, I did a little research and I didn't know this and maybe I'm just stupid, but that's Christopher Plummer's daughter. Oh, I didn't know that either. But I, yeah, not surprising, I guess, given actually given both the name and I didn't see it from Pulp Fiction, but like looking at her in her old age, you can see it a little more, I guess. Yeah. Christopher Plummer, Star Trek six, General Chang. Chang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. General Chang. And uh, if you look at her ship. Do you notice that it kind of has that look of a Klingon vessel? The design it, on the it inside? Sort of does. The it chair. Sort of does. What about her her demeanor? <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of interesting because at first I was thinking that she was just clearly supposed to be like the new Khan, you know? Yeah. But yeah, n- now that you point that out, it's like she's not just doing Khan. She's also, yeah, she's doing she's doing her father from Star Trek Six a bit too. That's a good point. She's doing her father, yes. Yeah. There's also like an... Uh, that dress. <laughs> and, well, to lead into that... Not according to Pornhub it. statistics. <laughs> hey, man. They get they get away with it by putting step in front of yeah. the relation. That's, that's, yeah. that's the end. That's the so uh, one, one political podcast I pointed out, um, they made the depressing point that I think is probably true of, do you know why all this incest and step incest porn is so uh, popular? Please, God, don't blame it on COVID. No, it's even worse than that. What is it? Because it, it, it was popular before COVID. It's just like all these like alienated young incels who are jacking off to the shit. Like this is like literally the, literally the only women they know are their stepsisters. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's COVID would have been a better excuse. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm it's sure the only COVID people, only they're, it's the only people they're cooped up with. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure COVID only made it worse. I think that was already well a problem before COVID. But yeah, speaking of incest, uh, Captain Vatic does appear to be kind of having like Kentucky hillbilly space vibes too, which I dig. I dig. Yeah, when she's like smoking the cigarette, I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. That was nice. The only other, honestly, even though like she's immortal to me for Pulp Fiction, the, I think the only other thing I've really seen her in, and I didn't even realize it was her, but she played an oracle, like an old kind of Greek-style oracle, in an episode of the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Well, Bob, going back to her, her father, Christopher Plummer, he was also in 12 Monkeys, which I feel like uh, half the people in the show were in 12 Monkeys. So I've seen people mention all the 12 Monkey connections online, and... I only saw the film once, like ten years ago, and I've never watched the show. Although I hear the show's not bad. So, what are all the Twelve Monkeys connections, or what are some of them at least? It's probably, it's probably just the actors, because the guy that plays, like I said, Plummer's dad was in Twelve Monkeys, and then you have the actor who plays Sneed was uh-huh. also in Twelve Monkeys. Oh. And then the name of that drug, yeah, whatever the eye drug is, Splinter. It's, it's Splinter. Called. Splinter is from Twelve Monkeys as well. Okay. And then one okay. of the characters... Now, hold on. It gets, there's even more, Bob. Even one oh, of the yeah. aliases that Jack Crusher has is the name of a character in 12 Monkeys. Uh, so I kind of want to go watch 12 Monkeys to see if it has anything to do with this show, but then I'm going to be pissed if it doesn't. Well, I was going to say, like, do you think this is a case where they're 
they're like teasing that oh we're going to do uh we're going to do time travel in the season or do you think it's just you know whoever whoever's writing it really likes 12 monkeys and it's like oh it'll be fun to it'll be fun to kind of layer it with 12 monkeys references along with star trek 2 references i'm gonna go with that i think that's probably why <laughs> i'm hoping probably, they don't okay. i don't want time travel anymore that was that was all last season if you wanted to do a 12 monkeys episode i i wouldn't mind rewatching it okay well we could totally do that bob yeah, maybe maybe we'll, we'll we'll fit that in here soon. I guess the next thing I wanted to say was so Jack Crusher. We've already mentioned all of his aliases are JC, which seems to defeat the purpose of an alias to me somewhat. But does that like suggest that perhaps he has some sort of Christ complex? I'm really glad you caught that, Bob. What if Picard really isn't the father? Are you saying there is no father? Are you saying that Beverly immaculately conceived, Matt? Yes, Bob. Whoa. Whoa. Which is also why he named him, uh, you know, Jack Crusher Jr. Because isn't that kind of weird, you know, because since Picard's the reason that Jack Crusher Sr. died on the Stargazer. Isn't it weird to name your kid that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe it is a little weird to name your kid possibly by your, your dead husband's best friend after your dead husband. There's just a lot going on there. Oh man. So, uh, you know, we, we've given a lot of credit to Captain Shaw for good lines and even to, you know, Jack Crusher for a good line here or there, like, uh, him chiding Picard and Riker for bringing a whole starship was nice, but I did want to give it, and weirdly there weren't really any good Picard lines this or prior episodes. I just would note that, but Riker did have a good line. Bob, stop right there. Stop right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's one good line, Bob from Picard. What's because he's my son. No, that's Beverly's. Beverly didn't say anything in this episode, Bob. Picard said something. Beverly was uh, stone quiet the whole time. She was all huh. she was all like out of it. Remember, coming out of Cairo. But she comes on the bridge at the end. Yeah, she does. She stares at Picard, and he stares back at her. Oh, and that's and when he, he realizes. Say- that's when he realizes, Bob, that Jack Crusher is his son. Yeah. Not, well, okay. Not all those times Riker was fucking pointing it out. Okay. I mean, I did sort of like that Riker was writing Picard about that. It made it it made it less cheesy than it otherwise would have been, you know. Yeah, it brought it brought a little bit of realism to the plot. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I I yeah, I I just had it in my mind Beverly said it, not Picard, but whatever. You're I'm sure you're right. But I don't know, cuz it's like that's not an argument, man. It's like the ship can't beat the other ship. Like one person is not worth 500. Even if he's your son, like it's just not it's not an argument, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a ship, Bob. It's a guillotine. It's a guillotine. Yeah, that was the Riker line that I thought was good. I I I, I made special note of that. <laughs> so Matt, when uh, Musiker makes uh, contact with her Ferengi gangster slash broker slash uh, you know nine uh, eleven truth co conspirator Sneed the Ferengi, uh, is he drinking a green Jones soda? I think so. I mean, some people were saying it's just a, an old Coke bottle, but I, I don't know. I, I, it was weird to have it there. But then they also had a baseball that people thought may belong to Cisco. But then uh, part of me is like, oh, that would be really cool if it was Cisco's. But I'm like, how many signed autographed baseballs are there out there? You know. Well, actually, we know not many because we know that baseball really declined in popularity and like uh, Cisco, and then like I think it was Cassidy Yates's brother. Yeah, they were they were rejuvenating the baseball scene. Yeah, but they weren't. I don't think they were having like a, a huge amount of success about it. So, 
Yeah, but I just want to say, like, there's more than just one signed baseball out there, Bob, in the whole in, in the galaxy, in the universe. I mean, but you really think all the baseballs have been destroyed? Only Cisco has one. It's like that look, rare. Well, Matt, how do you how do you think you get the replicator to make stuff? You put old matter into it. Yeah, so maybe they took Cisco's baseball and made a bunch of them. But also, like, what would be a baseball significant enough for Ferengi to care to have? I mean, granted, there were other explanations, but there's your good point. Yes. I like that. That's a good point, Bob. I can, I can, I can get behind that. <laughs> because yes, why would he carry around a baseball? What would the significance be? Yes, but if it is Cisco's, you know, last time we saw it, it was on Kira's desk, on DS Nine and Lower Decks. Look, man, maybe maybe Kira developed a splinter habit too. Maybe Kira needed to pawn some stuff. Yeah, because she developed a splinter habit. <laughs> yeah, which I, I would totally do because I really, I really want to put a drug right into my eye. That sounds cool as hell. Well, the way he describes it sounds so amazing, Bob. You get broken apart and then put back together again over and over and over. Who the hell, hell yeah. wants to feel that way? That sounds like a bad trip. Uh, That's what that sounds this, like. This guy, Matt. This guy. Pointing <laughs> at myself. <laughs> yeah, you've got me in here like watching Picard on my iPhone to see, make sure he said that line. And I'm watching like <laughs> no, Beverly. No, you're probably I'm watching, right. I'm watching you're Beverly like... quivering. I'm watching Picard. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this turned up. Shuttles, transporters. The boy stays here. You are going to get us all killed. Why are you doing this? Because he's my son. Because he's my son. Because how he's I, my son. How could I have forgotten that English <laughs> quivering voice? And again, I just want to say, like, obviously you should own me when I make a mistake. But I feel like that was a little bit of a superfluous own because I had already conceded <laughs> that you were probably right. I wasn't. It wasn't like I was dug in on it. Rarely, rarely do I get to own you. <laughs> so I'm gonna make sure. I don't want you. I want you going back and rewatching it and me being wrong. I, I was 100 percent sure Picard said that. I did want to compliment Musiker for her special junkie powers as she takes the splinter and uh, takes a long time to give Sneed the information that he wants. And uh, in that conversation, we also get a nice little reference to Section 31. Okay, Musiker's part of Starfleet Intelligence. Yes. And then there's also Section 31, but they are not yeah. the same thing. No, but, Section 31 is a total... I mean, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's as secret as it used to be, but it's a, it's a totally secret organization that you know, does things that Starfleet Intelligence would not do. Okay. You know, think the CIA versus the people who did 9-11. There's some overlap there, but they're not the same thing. So they're kind of like black ops, maybe? I think it's what they call that. No, they're, they're, you could, there are, I mean, there's like black ops in like Starfleet Intelligence, but the Section 31 are like blacker than black ops. Gotcha. I did also enjoy that Sneed had uh, the Romulan who uh, was framed for doing 9-11's head, Toluco. That was fun. Yeah, he just whips that out. He's got Cisco's baseball and Toluco's head. Hell yeah, baby. Hell He's got yeah. a great collection. Yeah, sadly, we get another object to add to, to Sneed's collection. Yeah, Worf, you know, busts up in there, Bob, with his Klingon sword or whatever, and he, he cuts off Sneed's head, which I was okay with. Somewhat to my surprise, not to your surprise at all, apparently. Um, I will say, like, granted, Worf did get to look badass on DS9 a few times, but if you think back to Next Generation, is this the first time Worf's ever won a fight in a show with Picard? Probably. And there were no barrels involved. No if barrels. would have collected some fucking barrels, he could have won. <laughs> That's all he needed, man. If, he, if he'd gotten some barrels, he would still have his head. 
Yeah. Do you recognize uh, Sneed from anything? No, but you said he was, the actor was in uh, 12 Monkeys. Uh, yes, but he was also in X2 and X-Men The Last Stand. He played Pyro. Oh, that guy. What's what's the actor's name? Aaron. Aaron Stanford. A-A-Ron, yes. A-A-Ron. Um, in the immortal words of Kim Peele, get your ass down to Oshag Hennessy's office right now. <laughs> Let me see if I know him. For... Okay, so he's in the 12 Monkeys TV show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's probably... But Amanda Plummer was presumably in the 12 Monkeys movie. No, her dad was. Oh, Christopher Plummer was. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Aaron Stanford, also in Westworld, which I've only watched one episode of. Uh, also in the Perry Mason reboot, which I refuse to watch. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> that, just, that reeks well, of boredom. I was I was like game to watch it until I found out that it was a fucking prequel. Pardon my French. Oh god! And it was just like, like that's what we yeah, all want. Oh, Perry Mason needs a prequel. Okay, sure. That's sure. what all the, that's what all those grandmas out there want. <laughs> they want the prequel for Perry Mason. <laughs> Next, I want a prequel of Murder She Wrote. Could you get that in the works, guys? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and it's like I want to see like uh, what Jessica Fletcher's like gritty noir thing yeah. was before she became a mystery writer. You know, it's like exactly. yeah, no, Perry Mason can't he can't just be a lawyer. I need to see him when he was a, a drunken, beaten up detective in '30s LA. Uh, yeah, Aaron Stanford hadn't been. He's been in some stuff. He's also been in one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, The Twenty Fifth Hour. Although I don't remember the character, but yeah, so he's been around. So Bob, going back to that line because he's my son. So apparently, once he says that. Captain Picard reverts back to his like badass ways of being like, Captain, did you notice this? Did you catch on? Like he went from being kind of like hesitating on everything he does and trying to figure yeah. out all this stuff. And you know, that he's just like, Oh, Admiral's orders. We're fucking doing it. Don't question me. So it's like, that's what, that's what making it personal brings the, brings out the Picard in, in him. It brings out the Picard in him, huh? Yes. <laughs> Okay, okay. I guess we could be happy for him. Yeah, we, I guess we could. So, Matt, I mean, I guess to ask, are are you more or less optimistic about season three compared to last week's episode? Okay, so when all those aliases came up for Jack Crusher, I was uh -huh. thinking kind of what you said earlier, that Jack Crusher was just a tease, you know, more of like, okay, uh -huh. this isn't really his son. This isn't really Beverly's son. This is just a dude who's trying to con everybody. Uh, and I was like, okay, they're not going in that direction. That was just, you know, a good... I didn't I didn't think they were going in that direction. I just thought they wanted us to think they were going in that yeah. direction. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. But I, I'm really... That, that, that kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, okay, now they're going back into what I originally thought was going to happen. But I'm not going to set my expectations too high at this point. We still need to see LaForge. We still need to see Troy. We need to see some semblance of data. Uh, I'm going to tell you what will truly make this season amazing and perfect. What's I want to see a cameo from Miles O'Brien as a transporter chief that turns that lower decks joke into a reality. That would be beautiful. That would be I beautiful. want whatever transporter thing he has to do makes him like the savior of the galaxy. <laughs> Yeah. And that's why they so, have that actual statue. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I do want to, I'm not sure if I'm actually disagreeing with you, but I really don't want them to go back to data. But if they, if they bring back Brent Spiner, just bring him back as lore. 
They they probably will. That's that's my yeah. guess. So at least you have the actor on the stage on on the, on the bridge with all those other people. That's yeah, what yeah. I don't I don't know. It might be not be room for him, but I don't know. It would be something because, eh, I mean, like we've already killed Data gratuitously twice. I don't really need to see Data again. I'm just saying, Bob. If Miles O'Brien appears and saves yeah, yeah, this and you. saves this season. I'll retroactively go back and say I enjoyed Picard all the other seasons. I will. Okay. I'm telling you right now, Bob, I will. No, okay. okay. I wanted Fair. Cisco Fair. in the second season. Didn't happen. Yeah. Miles O'Brien in this season. Make it fucking happen. I, yeah, I mean, he was on Next Gen. It makes sense. It yep. makes sense. I, I will say, um, kind of pursuant to our earlier conversation, apparently the guy who's showrunning Picard season three right now, I'm not sure. I don't think he was the showrunner for prior seasons, but I could be wrong. But the guy who's showrunning it now was the showrunner for 12 Monkeys, the TV show. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. So okay. that does make it seem less like it's teasing t- more time travel and more like it's just, yeah, this guy likes 12 Monkeys. And so he's... All right, Bob. So character of the week. Yeah. Who was your character of the week this week, Matt? My character of the week goes to Sneed, primarily because the Ferengi design is back to what it should be. Okay. okay he looks great. It's great. And it, he even they even had he had the outfit and the look from the next generation Ferengi, and it was just good to see like another Fere- a Ferengi okay. back where they need to be, being no, that's good. awful. Yes, that's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. Actually, honestly, that's I'm, uh, this is one of the rare times where I'm impressed by your character of the week pick, Matt. Um, you did a, you did a better job than I did. Uh, I should have picked Sneed too, but I didn't. And Matt, if I uh, get you a, a stuffed head of Sneed, will you display it in your office? Oh sure, Bob. I will. Okay. You know, you can give me the Romulan head. I'll put it in here. Nice. Okay. Toluca or 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 Sneed, whatever I can whatever I can get my hands on. All right. My my character of the week. Uh, you know, so far she's kind of one note. She's just kind of a mystery. She's just kind of a con chain clone. But I'm digging it. I'll give it to Captain Vatic this week. Yeah, I enjoyed her appearance here, and she'll be an interesting character for them to follow them into that nebula, which is straight out of Star Trek too, by the way. All right, Bob, next week, are we going back to our coverage of uh, Cowboy? <laughs> uh, I I want to, but I Copenhagen was wondering. Cowboy. I, yeah, I Actually, I guess it makes more sense to do the 12 Monkeys episode if we do one as a standalone, don't you think? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, All so right. yeah, we'll, we'll be back on the... We'll be back on that Picard and Copenhagen Cowboy beat uh, next week. So, yeah, for our listeners, we'll do Copenhagen Cowboy episodes with every odd-numbered Picard episode and then with the finale to get all six. Don't don't miss out on that Copenhagen Cowboy coverage either. Good show. Yeah, I mean, it would actually, in some ways, it would have been more interesting to compare the first episode to this because this was more interesting than the first episode. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it goes. That's the vagaries of where the odd-numbered episodes fall. So we are Uncanny Treks. We are continuing our coverage of Star Trek: Picard and Copenhagen Cowboy, or as Matt calls it, the Cowboy Show. Maybe we'll start <laughs> calling it the Cowboy Matt Show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, Bob. You took my line. Thanks for listening. <laughs>